Welcome to Elevate, the podcast where we dissect exceptional achievers who are consistently raising the bar personally and professionally to produce extraordinary results in investment real estate and ultimately in their lives. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I'm so blessed and grateful to be sitting down with Rachel Richards. Rachel, how are you? I'm so great. Thanks, Tyler. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, it's funny. We're, we're kind of laughing about some, uh, some other things before we got the show started. So it's always good to get the, uh, the juices flowing there and just get a little bit relaxed. So looking forward to having a great conversation with you. And I really appreciate you taking the time today. Yeah. And thanks for having me on. I'm so excited. Absolutely. So Elevate Nation, are you ready to take it to another level? Because I know I am. And I want to welcome you back to the show where our mission is to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. And this is where you learn the mindset, the habits, the routine, systems, tools, strategies, and so much more from those who are elevating their life to a life without limits. So you can do the same for yourself. And this is a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through real estate investing and ultimately in their lives. If you appreciate what we're doing on this show, we would certainly be grateful if you subscribe to the show, if you give us a five-star rating, if you're so inclined, and leave us a specific review of what you're getting from the show. What are you taking away and what are you applying in your life and what results are you seeing? So uh, with that said, I want to go ahead and dive in and I want to introduce you to Rachel Richards. At only 27 years old, she's a former financial advisor and has made a name for herself in the personal finance realm. In 2019, she quit her job and retired with over $10,000 per month in passive income. She is a best-selling author of Money Honey and Passive Income, Aggressive Retirement. She has been featured on The Penny Hoarder and The New York Times and has been contacted, sorry, contracted to speak at colleges. Rachel is also a real estate investor with 35 rental units. Her valuable money lessons have helped thousands of millennials work their way out of financial despair. And she has successfully done what no one has done before, made the topic of money management fun, entertaining, and simple. So I love that because, uh, you know, I definitely want to dive into financial intelligence and, and why no one has it, uh, at least in this world, it seems. Uh, but, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd love to know more about you, Rachel, behind the bio. Tell us more about who is Rachel Richards, the woman. Yeah, I'm, I've always just been one of those people that is very driven and ambitious and tenacious. And when I put my mind to something, I will do it no matter what. Um, I think one thing, uh, one good example of that is when I decided to sell Cutco cutlery. Have you heard of Cutco knives? I have, yeah. Yeah, so I decided to sell Cutco to pay for school, and I remember coming home and, and telling my parents about this awesome idea that I had, and you know, they've kind of known uh, as I've grown up to just sort of stay out of my way. So I could tell my mom wasn't thrilled about the idea of me selling sharp objects to all of our family and friends, but they were supportive <laughs> and, I, and I made it happen. Yeah. So, uh, so that's kind of just the way I am. I was, I used to be a financial advisor. I then had a career as a finance analyst at a manufacturing corporation. Uh, but I've always known that I wasn't going to be happy working for somebody else because I want to be in complete control of my time. My time is my most valuable resource. And that's why I have always worked towards early retirement and financial independence. So 
my husband and I started investing in real estate in 2017. I started writing and launching my best-selling books. We had rental income. We had royalty income. We focused on growing those as much as we possibly could. And just a few years later, I, we were able to retire. And so I quit my job last year and we're now living off um, $10,000 a month in passive income. That's awesome. So what was the, I mean, you mentioned there that you've always been so driven. I mean, was there a moment kind of early on that really, you know, kind of set the stage for that? Or, or what was the process towards becoming that identity of such a driven individual? Um, yeah, I don't know if there's any one particular thing. I've just always been that way. It's, it's just in my personality, I think. Um, but when I was going into college and starting to apply for college, I was somebody, I had already read hundreds of books on personal finance. I was already passionate about it. I was just like a little nerd growing up reading everything I could about investing in real estate. And so going into college, I had a very deep fear of going into debt because I, I didn't want to carry around tens of thousands of dollars in student loan debt for the rest of my life. So I was kind of panicked this entire uh, semester um, of high school where I was about to graduate, didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I wanted to go to Center College and that costs over $40,000 a year. And I was accepted. I got scholarships and everything. Um, but I still needed to cover about $10,000 per year in tuition. And I had no clue how I was going to do that. Before, I was working at American Eagle in high school and making about $200 per paycheck. So I knew that that wasn't going to cut it. Um, when you're working a minimum wage job, no matter how many hours you put in, it's just still not enough. Um, so I, that's when I went in for the Cutco interview. And that Cutco interview was definitely a life-changing moment for me because it was the first time I'd been exposed to something where the harder you work, the more money you make. And I knew I could work my butt off and sell more knives than anybody else. Um, so that's what I did. I broke a record, a sales record that summer. I sold a bunch of knives. I made my $10,000. And that sort of set forward in motion some really great habits and um, work ethic and drive. And from there on, I just really feel like things have taken off for me. Are you someone who's seriously looking to elevate your life your business, your real estate portfolio, your cash flow, your deal opportunities, your access to opportunities, your network this year. Well, if that's you, then I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com because I'm currently opening up a few coaching spots for people like you who want to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be and really, you know, expand that beyond your wildest dreams and explode your business, explode your deal opportunities, explode your vision for what you're looking to create. If that's you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. I really have to tell you that this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are decisive. They're committed. They're willing to do whatever it takes. They're willing to invest time, energy, and resources into themselves to get to where they want to be and to live a life without limits, to elevate to a life without limits, which is really what we're all about on this show. If that is you, again, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. That's awesome. I mean, it sounds like the, the seeds that were planted into your mind of reading those hundreds of personal finance books sort of germinated into the thought of, hey, you know what, I don't want the negative consequences of, of not behaving financially smart. So I'm going to get to a position where I can, you know what, I don't run into a tremendous amount of student debt, and so on and so forth. And then it also, it was almost like it seemed like it was the opportunity for you to really commit to, you know, massive action 
in what you were doing with Cutco. Um, so I'd be curious to know, I mean, with those experiences and that kind of background, I mean, how are you taking that, you know, sort of, I guess, foundation towards what you're doing now? How are you elevating your own results today based on that or maybe even course correcting in a different direction? Yeah, um, Hal Elrod is somebody that has influenced and inspired me a lot. I've learned a lot from him, so I always share things that I've learned from him. Um, and he has talked about how can you continue to work towards something without being emotionally caught up in the short-term result. Um, and he has a very much better way of phrasing that. But for example, <laughs> with, the, with the Cutco sales, um, you know, a lot of Cutco reps, especially when you're a high school or a college student, it's hard to be rejected. It's hard to have a no sale after no sale and have people be mean to you and reject you on the phone. Yeah. So how can you sort of separate yourself from that emotion, from those negative things that are happening to you and just focus on your long-term goal? And, you know, for somebody that, for somebody in sales, that could mean focusing on the things that you can control. So I can control the amount of calls that I make per day to set sales appointments. So as long as I make my 50 or 100 calls per day, then like, good job to me. I don't have to worry about anything that happens on the appointments. Cause I know that if I make those calls, I'm going to sell the amount I need to ultimately, even if I have a really bad sales day. So, you know, I've tried to take that forward in all areas of my life and just not get caught up in having one bad day or one, maybe my books yeah. don't sell well for one bad day for one day or for one week. But if I am doing all the things I need to be doing in terms of marketing and promoting and going on podcasts and doing events, then I know ultimately I'm going to hit my goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's such an important distinction to detach your emotions from the results, but you know, it's all about action, right? It's, am I taking the right inspired action? Am I consistent enough? Am I, you know, is there something that I need to course correct, but not beating yourself up? I do think it's so important. That's one of the things that's so, uh, it really sticks out to me as far as real estate goes is because it's such a slow and long-term business. I mean, you're not going to create, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in wealth overnight or even in a year or two years or whatever it may be. Um, so I do think it's such an important distinction that we can really all take away is that, you know what, you might have days that the results are down and there's a lot of things that are out of your control as well. So I do think it's so important, but also controlling the controllables in front of you is something that it sounds like you do really well. Uh, but, you know, as I was kind of learning a little bit about you before uh, you came on the show, one of the things I learned was that it seems like one of your mantras is never stop learning. And that's one of the things that I share. It's actually one of my company's core values is never stop learning. So I'd be curious to know, how has that served you in creating the life as it is today that you have? Yes, I love that motto. Never stop learning. I say that to people all the time. Um, I feel like I have just a really high level knowledge of money and real estate. And even when I was in high school and college, I just knew more about it than other people. And that's literally because I'm such an avid reader. I am constantly reading books. Um, you know, I'm reading nonfiction books, I'm reading fiction books, but either way, I'm learning something all the time. My latest thing is um, books that are more focused on time management, but whatever it is, I'm constantly learning. Um, and for me, books are the best way for me to take that information in, but there are so many avenues these days for learning. There's audiobooks, and there's podcasts, and there's websites, and blogs, and articles. So there's just an infinite amount of free material out there on the internet that anybody can choose to learn from. And um, it's easy as a financial guru and somebody being seen as a financial expert to feel like, okay, well, I know it all. 
or, you know, I don't need to learn anymore, but I've never felt that way. I, there is always something more to learn. Yes. You know, I, I want to learn more about tax, tax strategies for the uber wealthy. And how do you pass down a $20 million estate without, you know, 75% of those taxes going to the government. So yeah. like, that's just an example of a topic that's come up recently where I'm now really interested in that. So I just think it's important to have the self-awareness that you're never truly going to be an expert on anything. Things are changing all the times, rules yeah. and regulations and financial accounts and instruments that you can use. So, you know, if you really want to be the best version of yourself, then that has to be a part of your personal growth on a daily basis. Yeah, it's so true. And I, I share the the love and affinity for reading as you do. And it's so interesting because every single time I read a new book or learn something new in general, I'm like, I realize how much I don't know. And it uncovers this information gap that, you know, it, 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 it requires some humility. I don't know about you, but every single time I learn something new, I'm like, wow, I just made a ton of decisions that were totally incorrect. And then, oh, yeah, revising my behavior, you know, so I, I just think it's important. Such a huge exactly. Decision. And to have the humility too, if, if I'm learning something and maybe said something differently in the past and now I'm learning, oh, maybe there's this different way that maybe this is actually better. You have to have the ability to go back and say, hey guys, you know, maybe this wasn't exactly right. I have more information now and I wanted to present it to you, even though, yep. you know, I'm showing that maybe I made a mistake, maybe I'm wrong, but here's yep. what I think now. And here's why I think this is better. That's hard to do, but people really respect that when you can admit, Hey, I've actually, I have some new information now that I think we should take into account. And this is going to change the way we look at things. Yeah. And, and the other thing that you mentioned there, that's so important is that, you know, the 21st century where we are right now is moving so fast. There's such a stream of information out there. It's not about the information itself, but how you garner, garner wisdom and action from that information, right? And how mm -hmm. quickly can you gather that data and make a decision? So I just think it's so important and uh, really appreciate you highlighting that. But I'd be curious to know beyond that, you know, for you specifically, what is it truthfully that inspires you directly to really kind of create that fun educational content? And you actually even mentioned that you, you're kind of, targeting and gearing towards women specifically what what inspires you to do that yeah so w when i was all throughout high school and college i was this go-to person that people came to for financial advice because they knew i was reading they knew i was passionate about this and then of course i became a financial advisor um, but I kept wondering why people weren't learning more from books and all these different resources where they could learn. Right. And then of course I realized that personal finance is boring. <laughs> Money management is dull. You know, investing is complex. These are, these are not fun topics for most people. Yep. And so I thought to myself, how, what, how can I make this topic sassy and fun and entertaining and super simple? And so that's where the idea for my first book, Money Honey, came into being. I just wanted to create this book that would be accessible. And most of the people coming to me were female millennials. That's because I'm a female millennial. So those are all my friends. Mm -hmm. And I wanted, I wrote that book specifically for female millennials because those were the people that I could see didn't didn't know how to manage their money well and they were upset about it they wanted 
you know, millennials want to know how to do this. They're eager yeah. to learn. We just haven't been given the resources. We, there's a financial education crisis right now in our country because totally. at no point in our lives are we taught how to manage our money and we're left as adults to figure it out all, all by ourselves. And that's completely overwhelming and it's not okay. So that's why I'm driven to do the things that I do and I'm passionate about helping people because you have to learn this stuff at a young age in order to set yourself up for success. I totally agree about the crisis facing our country, not only just for millennials, but for so many other, you know, generations of financial poor education. And it's mm -hmm. not everyone's fault. You know, obviously you've got to take ownership of your own education to a certain degree at some point, And you've got to seek out self-education. You can't expect that anyone's going to give this to you. Um, you know, just, just as a handout. But I mean, what do you think, what would you say to a specific individual who's listening, who's saying, yeah, I agree. And also like, I don't even know where to start. I mean, what, what would you, what would you suggest to someone who's looking to kind of start their path on becoming financially savvy? Yeah, that's a great question. And I talk a lot about those basics in Money Honey. And there are some easy, simple things that people can do to get started. The first thing you can do is just start a budget. Start with tracking your expenses because you're not going to be able to do anything unless yep. you know where you are today. So all I recommend doing is start by tr tracking your expenses. You can download Mint. It's a free financial tracking website or an app. Um, and it categorizes all of your spending for you in, in this one centralized location. So I love using Mint. Um, but once you track your expenses for one month, it will be very obvious where to cut back. So yep. for example, I feel like I shouldn't admit this because I'm supposed to be a financial whiz. But the first time my husband and I did this, we realized we spent over $900 that month just on food. $900 for two people. I mean, that is bigger than some people's mortgage payment. Yep. And once we saw that, we were like, oh my gosh, I mean, this we need to cut back here. This is a really big opportunity for us. So that's really all you have to do is start by tracking your expenses. That way you can make those easy adjustments and it'll be very clear where you can start cutting back on things. Yeah. Um, another easy thing that people can focus on is, you know, normally when I do workshops, I'm, I'm asking people, hey, if you're trying to save up money quickly for, you know, concert tickets or car maintenance, whatever it is, what sorts of things do you do? And a lot of their responses will be, you know, eat out less. I'm going to you know, cook at home or I'm going to make my coffee at home. I'm going to shop less, blah, blah, blah. And those things are great. All, so that has a common theme. People are really focused on decreasing their expenses. And that's absolutely important because we should always make sure we're keeping our spending in line. However, that's only half the equation. Okay, so there's two ways to increase your savings. Decrease your expenses and increase your income. And we forget about the second one a lot, but the great thing about increasing your income is that there's no cap on how much money you can make. There's nothing stopping you from making more money. You can only decrease your expenses so much, but you can increase your income without, without limit. So if you really wanna make an impact on your savings, you can focus on doing both. I couldn't agree more. And one thing I just wanted to highlight on all of this is really just about awareness. It's like, you know what, the situation may not be where you want to be, you know, in the future, but you're aware and you're facing the brutal facts and saying, look, wow, I just spent $900 this month on food or whatever it may be. Uh, and now I've got the opportunity to course correct and it's all in front of me. And now I can make decisions and, and, and change my behavior accordingly. So I'd love to know as it relates to behavior, I want to switch back to you, Rachel, 
Um, you know, talk to me about habits. I mean, what are some habits? You know, you even mentioned Hal Elrod, who's, you know, obviously wrote the, the, the Miracle Morning and all the ensuing, you know, titles from that. Uh, but I'd be curious to know beyond, you know, sort of maybe a morning routine, you know, what else are really important habits that you've consciously selected for your life? Um, one extre extremely important habit for me is daily meditation. Do you do meditation? I do. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. It's like life changing. I love talking about it now. <laughs> ever since I started. Um, I, I do 10 minutes of meditation per day. Um, and for me, it has been so impactful for focusing my mind because I don't know about you, but with social media and screens and emails and text messages, I feel so distracted all the time. I feel like sometimes I don't even have control over my own mind. Mm -hmm. And meditation helps me really focus my mind more and have control over my mind. Also, it helps me manage my stress and anxiety on a daily basis. But yeah. when I'm doing my meditation daily on a consistent daily basis, it has a profound impact on my levels of happiness, gratitude, and I'm just at peace. And I believe in it so much. It's so powerful for me personally that it's even helped me overcome in the past when I've been, gone through anxiety and depression. So if there's one thing I recommend that somebody can do to change their life, it's do a daily meditation habit. I mean, this, this goes back to what I said earlier about, you know, when you're doing your budget, it, it is about awareness. I mean, when you sit with your mind, you start to realize, oh my God, it's like, it's so frequent. I mean, how many thoughts are going through your mind at any given moment are profound. I mean, there's, you know, so many things going on. It's like, what did I screw up on yesterday? What am I anxious about tomorrow or next week or whatever it is? And how am I, how's my inner voice beating me up when you can just, okay, be aware of the fact that that is occurring and sit with that, have that awareness and grow in your sort of understanding of how that works. And, you know, watching your breath and obviously kind of taking that into your life is so important as well. It's like, hey, before we sit down and have this conversation, you know what, let me just realize that I'm a human being here. I'm not just this, you know, guy who's talking on this podcast or responding to this email or like you mentioned, I mean, there's so many different social media, you know, things coming at me or you, I mean, all of us, it, it's just a fact of life. So I, I really appreciate you sharing that. I think it's something that, you know, more and more people need to realize that mindfulness meditation is something that can really help you live a greater life. So I really appreciate that. Talk to me about an investment that you've made in yourself that's really paid dividends for you. Oh, I love this question. This is perfect. Um, so everyone has money flaws and I do as well. And mine's annoying because my flaw is that I, I can sometimes just be too frugal and you know, you can go on either extreme with money. You can spend way too much. I think that's probably the easier extreme. That's where most people fall. Or you can spend way too little and be a hoarder, like a closet hoarder with your money and then like live frugally and never do anything fun. And that's what I was doing um, for most of my life. So have, trying to balance that out has been very difficult. But um, last year, there came a point in my business with my books and my books have been very successful. I've gotten them very far just on my own. But I also realized I was hitting a wall. I got to a point where I didn't know how to help myself and no one around me knew how to help me. And I realized it was time for me to make an investment in my business. And not only that, but by not investing in my business and, and in myself, I was actually hurting myself. I was holding myself back. So last year, I finally decided how am I going to surround myself with people that can help me and mentor me and that know more than I do and that are already five steps ahead 
and are where I want to be. So I ended up joining Honoré Quarter's Mastermind. She helped Hal Elrod expand his Miracle Morning series, and she's an executive book coach, and she's written over 50 books. And I was like, this is the person I want to work with because – I mean, she's amazing. She's so impressive. She knows so much. So I made the biggest investment that I've ever made and joined her mastermind for this year. And I'm so excited because there is such a sense of relief from now just knowing I have somebody to turn to with my questions about sales funnels and email marketing and Amazon ad campaigns and all those silly little things. Um, but it's, it's definitely been the best decision I've ever made. And, you know, I think it's so important when you're looking to invest in yourself or in your business, you know, just making um, a calculated investment, making sure it's the right thing for you. Don't wait too long, but don't do it too quickly either. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it's true. And I mean, it even, I almost kind of tie this back a little bit to, you know, kind of when you're talking about even just personally budgeting, you're thinking about, well, your, your expenses, but then also your income. I mean, is there, is there a leap of faith that you can take that can bring you to a much higher income or more opportunities that can turn decades into days? Like Tony Robbins says, um, I think it's so important. And, and, you know, there are times where you do have to take that leap of faith. You may not mm -hmm. know exactly what the, the end result is, but have faith and kind of step out on that ledge and commit. And um, I really admire that. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Talk to me about a failure that you've experienced that may have set you up for a later success. Yes, this is such an important question. Um, something that comes to mind is a more of a personal failure. Um, a few years ago, my family decided they wanted to do this big Grand Canyon hike. It's called the Rim to Rim hike. I don't know if you've heard of it, but you literally start on one side of the Grand Canyon, hike all the way down to the bottom, all the way across, and all the way back up the other side. It's 21 wow. miles total. It's sounds like awesome. One, it's, it's awesome. It's one mile in elevation. I mean, this thing is an absolute beast. Wow. So in the months leading up for this hike, instead of training for it, which would have been the obvious thing to do, I sat on the couch and watched Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So unsurprisingly, on the day of the hike, the Grand Canyon kicked my butt. You know, my sisters flew by me. My dad had to hang back for me because I was going so slow. Um, he, he took gear out of my backpack when I wasn't looking to lighten my load so that he could help me. And because of that, my uncle called me a cheater. Um, <laughs> so I barely finished it. It was, it took me 12 hours and I couldn't walk for like seven days. It was just a complete disaster and, oh and big, and I was very ashamed of myself because I'm a competitive person and I think you are too. Absolutely. And for me to not be able to keep up and be as athletic as my sisters was embarrassing for me. I felt bad about myself. Um, so where the story gets funny is that a few years later, my family decided they wanted to do this thing all over again. My first thought was, if I pretend to be dead, can I get out of this? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Um, but, you know, this time I decided to look at things differently and really envision myself finishing the hike with ease. And I decided, you know, I'm going to stick up for my future self and I'm going to do this training plan. I want to kill it this time. Um, when I'm delivering my keynote speeches, actually, to colleges, I do this whole analogy between this hike and your financial future. Because a lot of times, we know that the future is coming, but we're acting like it's not. So when I was training for that first hike, I knew it was going to happen, but I sat on the couch and I didn't do anything. That's what we do with our money a lot of the times. We know the financial future is coming, but we're in denial and we're acting like it's not. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the second time around, I was like, I'm not going to let that happen again. I trained... 
I kicked butt. I was the first one in my family to finish. I finished in under nine hours and it is to this day, one of my proudest accomplishments. I just think it's so interesting how many people, you know, they'll, they'll go out to a nice dinner or, or they'll have a long weekend and they're like, I don't want to look at my bank account or, or, you know, or they've invested in their business and maybe things aren't, maybe they haven't been taking the right action and their income isn't where they want it to be. And they just don't want to look at the results. And, um, you know, it just kind of makes me think of that analogy that you really brought up there. So that's a, it's a really great reminder that preparation is key. Strategy is key. Thinking ahead, you know, what are the peaks and valleys? What's the potential, you know, downside if I don't take the appropriate action here? Uh, so that's, that's really, really great. Uh, you know, beyond that, I'd be curious to know, is there anything that you've substantially changed your mind about over the past few years? Maybe that through the course of your learning, as we mentioned earlier, you know, never stop learning. Is there anything substantial that you've changed your mind about? Um, yeah. So I would say that I feel like some of the common advice that we're all given when we're doing something new or starting out or launching a new business is say yes to every single opportunity that comes your way. Um, and that's great advice when you're starting out. I, I definitely agree with that to an extent, but you also get to a point where you're overcommitted and you, you yep. can't just say yes to everything. That has been such a learning lesson for me. And it's something I'm still struggling with to this day mm -hmm. because what I've learned and, and you'll hear this from other people, but when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Yep. So you have to be committed at only saying yes to the things that are truly important that are important to you and that are, that are going to get you to where you want to go because that's not going to be everything that comes your way. So I've had to really sort of change my perspective on that and be a lot more careful about actually being better at saying no. Mm -hmm. What are you conscious about saying no to? I mean, that's, it's so important. I struggle with it tremendously. I mean, it's like, it's the hardest thing. I don't want to let you down. You know, I get it. Yeah, it's the hardest thing. So um, something that my husband and I did, I'll share a really valuable activity we did um, because we talk about our life values a lot. And our three values are health, family, and freedom. Those are our three values. So we've always known we have these values, but then we realized, are we actually living in alignment with these values? Because it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like we're making all of the healthy decisions and that we're putting each other first. It feels like we're overwhelmed with work and we're workaholics and we don't know how to stop. Right. And we're, we're not as close as we used to be. And um, so one thing we decided to do is this activity where we wrote down all the different things that we were spending our time on, whether it was reading or journaling or watching TV or um, me being on my money, honey, social media or his job or whatever, all the things we spent our time on. And then we made columns and it said health, family, freedom, our values. And then we went through and we checked off which, time, which activities were in complete alignment with our values. And it was such an eye-opening exercise because we could clearly see the things that had three check marks, one for each value. And we were like, well, this needs to stay. This is important. And then the things that didn't have any check marks, which TV was a big one, we, we decided on the spot, right, when we did this activity, we were like, well, let's do an experiment. Let's, let's completely cut out TV for a month and just see what happens. And right after we did that, we filled that time with quality time with one another where we were talking and learning and just doing fun things with each other. And it has been life-changing for us. Um, the month came and went and we've, we've still committed. We still haven't watched any TV. So 
and I'm not saying that everyone needs to go that drastic, but right. it's, it's just an eye-opening activity. At least know where your time is going and make conscious decisions about it. That's all you have to do. And if, if you're given an opportunity, you know, ask yourself the question, because I now have a very helpful framework, and I just want to habitually be in the habit of asking myself before I commit to something, is this in complete alignment with my values? And that will help you determine what to say yes or no to. Yeah. So the first step is obviously you've got to define your, your values. I mean, what are your values? So that's, that's huge. And then also a phrase that you mentioned there that I think most of the world and all of our listeners have really got to hone in on is consciousness. Most people are not making conscious decisions. And, you know, there's times for both of us, I mean, every single day we're making unconscious decisions. So the goal is to always be more conscious of what type of decisions you're making in your life. Be more aware of how is your mind speaking to yourself? You know, how, be more conscious and aware of where your money's going. I mean, it's, it's so important for us to, to really take an inventory of that and to really align yourself with values. It's so, so important. I really love that. And I wanna know more about, you know, kind of when I think about goals, I do think about getting rid of things, right? Like mm -hmm. you gotta get rid of, you know, low value time if you really wanna, you know, create, great outcomes in your life. So I'd be curious to know, Rachel, yourself, you know, what type of goals are you striving for right now? Um, my goal is to, my main thing that I want to be doing this year is to create online courses to go along with my books. Because uh, I think there's still such a need for education on financial literacy. And my books are an amazing resource, but some people want to have more hands, you know, more direct access. They want to um, have somebody to really hold them accountable and help them hands on go through this process of getting their financial shit together, as the subtitle of my book says. Um, so, you know, that's one of my goals this year is creating these online courses, but hand in hand with that, it kind of goes back to being able to prioritize things because I'm constantly being bombarded with opportunities and requests and questions. And if I allow those things to be my priority, then I won't have any time left to create my online courses. So, you know, another really big goal is just to continue to remain so disciplined and strict with my time and my schedule, because if I'm not in complete control of my calendar, then my calendar is in complete control of me. And that's not what I want to happen. I want to be able to work when, where, and if I want to be able to have fun, to go on hikes, to not have to work if I don't want to work that day. And um, I don't want other people to control my schedule in my life. So, so those two things kind of go hand in hand, but they're a big focus for me this year. Yeah. So beyond, you know, sort of your time management and your awareness and your mindfulness, wh what would you say is something that you're getting 1% better on currently every single day that's really getting you to that point? I would say, um, I would say I am doing more, I'm spending more time on the activities that I know are going to have a direct impact on my platform and on my followers. Um, so one thing that I am not that great at right now is social media and kind of being more authentic and open on it. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that there's this Instagram version of themselves and then a real version of themselves. And I struggle and fail as much as everyone else. And, and I think sometimes that when people hear my accomplishments, there's this sense of awe and 
it's impressive. And there's this assumption that I have my shit together, but I don't. I am just like any other human being. And I want my readers to see that real side of me because I think it's important to be authentic and vulnerable. And I want to build a real re- relationship with them, not an Instagram relationship with them. Mm-hmm. So something I'm starting to do is, you know, more direct stories where I'm just telling people about the embarrassing thing I did today or whatever silly thing happened to me today or like a money mistake that maybe I made and more videos of myself so people can really get to know me. And because I, I just, I want to build that authentic relationship with, with my readers and my platform. Yeah, that's a really important one. You know, like we always want to be great role models and show the appropriate behaviors, but we also want to recognize and, and also be authentic and vulnerable to the fact that, you know what, we don't always make the right decisions. And, and I, I really admire you for even saying that because it's something that I struggle with as well. And I think many would, would align with that because, you know, everybody wants the, the perfect image to be out there. And, and it, maybe we all just need this as a reminder to say, you know what, just be yourself because, um, you know, people align with just trueness, just realness. And people can feel that. I don't know. I can feel it in the depths of my soul. You know, if you're, if you're kind of showing up as somebody who you're really not or, or what have you. So uh, that's really great. So talk to me overall. I mean, what's the driving force behind everything that you do? Um, I have a pretty big money fear like any, anybody else does. And my fear with money is, is absolutely the driving force behind every single thing that I do. And, and it's made me the person that I am today. And it's because I've seen people in my close personal life that have struggled with money their entire lives and that feel trapped now because of the choices that they've made. And they feel like maybe they weren't living out the life that they once dreamed of. And that's heartbreaking to see. Um, you know, entering adulthood, something that motivated me was that I, I didn't want to end up like everyone else. I didn't want to have to struggle with money for the rest of my life. I didn't want to have to operate on a strict budget. I didn't want to have to borrow money from my family to make it to my next paycheck. I wanted to be different. And my fear is not having enough money. So I have a big fear of not having enough money to take care of myself, to take care of my loved ones. That's why I'm so ambitious and driven. And that's why I continue to find ways to generate money while adding enormous value to other people's lives. Um, and that's a cool thing. That's, a, you know, obviously fear is a great motivator. But the dark side of that is the feeling that, you know, sometimes the feeling that the amount of money I have will never be enough and feeling like I can't slow down and just enjoy what I have. So those are also things that I'm working on overcoming with affirmations and just slowing down and taking a deep breath. But yeah, that's been definitely the driving force. Yeah. And everything that we've talked about too, about emotionally detaching yourself from that result and, you know, taking a moment to listen to your inner voice because that inner voice is the one that's telling you, Hey, you know what, if you don't do this, you're not going to survive and all these bad things might happen and you go into this negative spiral. And so I I appreciate you sharing that as well, because I know many people can align with that. I mean, most people are scared about, you know, the negative ramifications of finance. And so, um, you know, it's something so important to really talk about. And it's also, it's like, all right, well, how can we turn this fear into inspiration? You know, how can I be inspired for the fact that, you know what, my mind's telling me I need to survive and you know what, but I want to thrive and I want to help other people get there as well. And I know you're doing that. And so, uh, I really, really appreciate that. And I want to transition now into what we call the rare air questionnaire. It's a rapid fire section. And it's really all about kind of what you talked about with, uh, you know, the Grand Canyon. I mean, we've, we're <laughs> scaling the limits here. We're pushing the limits. Our legs hurt. You know, we may not be able to walk for seven days, but we're going to continue to push our boundaries 
anyway. And so, you know, you mentioned uh, just being a kind of a voracious reader and someone who's mm -hmm. addicted to books, obviously an author yourself. I'd be curious to know what are, you know, what's two or three of the most impactful books that you've ever read and why? Um, for nonfiction, I have to say The Millionaire Fast Lane. It is such a good book. It's one of those that I've read two or three times and actually I pro it's probably, I'm probably due to read it again soon. Um, it's all about being having a producer mindset instead of a consumer mindset and just shifting your mindset entirely. It's, it's just jaw-dropping. I mean, it totally opened my mind on things like how to become an entrepreneur, how to add value. It also talks about this passive income mindset, although I don't think he used those words, but it's the same concepts. Um, so I've, I love that book. And then in terms of fiction, I would say there's this book called A Thousand Splendid Sons. And it was written by the author who wrote The Kite Runner. And um, The Kite Runner, I think, was about like this little boy. And it was all about like the men. But then A Thousand Splendid Sons was about the women. And it was just a, a profoundly touching novel. So that's one I, I recommend a lot. That's awesome. I need to get more on fiction myself because people that I admire talk about how it can be so profound and shifting the way you think. That's one of the reasons I love books so much is because I want to change the way I think. Like, yeah, I do want some practical thoughts and how can I implement them immediately, but I want to change my behavior. I want to change my identity towards becoming this greater version of myself. So that's a great reminder for me specifically. You know, most people in the business world are saying, well, you know, I want to, I want to read all the nonfiction, but uh, that's a good reminder for us. So I appreciate that. Uh, be curious to know, what's the biggest way beyond, beyond what we've talked about today? How do you elevate yourself or your life on a daily basis? Um, yeah. So besides meditation, because I think that's the biggest thing, but yeah. I will say affirmations and affirmations are basically phrases that you say to yourself or you write down or you read to yourself that are about how you want your life to be, but you say them in the present moment. So if I have a fear of public speaking, then I'm going to say, I love to public speak and it's my favorite thing. And I'm so calm and collected and confident when I get in front of others. And when you say those things over and over to yourself enough, you will eventually start to believe them. It may take some time, but it works. And so here's an example. I sprained my ankle about four and a half months ago and I was, it turned out to be just the nastiest injury. I mean, way worse than I ever thought. And I was so discouraged and I was just like cursing my ankle every day. And I was just like, this is never going to get better. My ankle is never going to be as strong as it used to be. And I was so, you know, negative about it. And then I was like, man, these are really bad things I'm telling myself because what I say, I, I truly believe that your mental attitude can absolutely influence your physical well-being. Oh, yeah. So I recognized that. And then I was like, well, I need to switch my conversations that I'm having with myself so that it's more positive. So my, I started doing affirmations where I was having a lovely relationship with my ankle and I was saying, thank you for healing. And my ankle is going to be stronger than it ever has been before. It's going to be more mobile, more flexible, and it's healing every single day and I'm making progress. And I swear the first week that I started doing that, I, I noticed a, a noticeable difference in my physical therapy and I was making a ton of progress. So that's just an example of how powerful affirmations can be. That's amazing. And what you're really talking about is an identity. You know, your brain cannot tell the difference in a thought and reality. And so if you can step into that reality mentally before it actually occurs in your life, you can actually create that. You can create your future. And so I think it's so important. And, it, you know, something that a lot of folks, there's, a, there's even been studies, I mean, medically on folks who have healed themselves in different ways based on their own thought. 
And also at the same time, you know, a guy that I study, his name is Dr. Joe Dispenza, who is a neuroscientist and, you know, a genius. I mean, he's kind of a mystic and many, many say he's kind of woo woo. But if you can elevate your emotions, in addition to, you know, reminding yourself, you know, certain statements of affirmation, you know, of who you are, or who you are becoming, uh, that's when really kind of synchronicity starts to show up in your life. And I think it's so, so interesting. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, it's like, hey, just take a leap of faith and try it out and see what happens in your life. So that's amazing. Yeah, I agree. I'm a very practical person. So I used yeah. to think, like, look at all this stuff and just be like, uh, that's just, you know, all this woo woo stuff. That's too out there. Like, right. whatever. I mean, where's the science? But, <laughs> you know, yeah, once I had a mindset shift and I started doing it, I mean, it is, it's absolutely amazing and life changing. 100%. So what's the biggest way that you elevate others around you? Yeah. So my whole goal is, and it's, I'm so passionate about this financial education crisis that we have. My whole goal with everything that I do with my books and my business is empowering women and millennials to take control of their finances and to foster good feelings about their financial futures. Um, so something David Osborne said, he is like a real estate mogul and multimillionaire. And I interviewed him in my most recent book about passive income. Um, he said that anyone's dream, for most people's dreams, there is some sort of financial component. So my whole thing is that if you want to achieve your dreams and live your dream life, you have to also be able to do that financially. You have to have the money, the means to do that. So I want to help people and inspire people and educate people to do that. So I've always been there for my readers first and foremost. If anyone ever has a question, I'm accessible and I respond to every single message and email that I receive. I'm just so passionate about helping people do this because ultimately getting your financial shit together means that you can then go on and do the things that you're passionate about and achieve yep. your dreams. And money should never hinder someone from pursuing their dream. That's exactly what Elevate's all about. That's why it's about real estate. It's about personal growth because if you can combine those two forces, you know, real estate is a financial vehicle, right? If you can create practicality in your life, you know, we've got to have cash flow. We got to pay for things. We all have bills. You know, if you can do those things, you can really create what it is that you want. You can create a lasting impact. You know, most people are just plugging it in, I, in my opinion. I think most people are tolerating their life. But if you do exactly what Rachel's talking about here, if you can get a hold of your finances, get your financial shit together, as she says, you know, that's a way for you to really kind of step into the greatest version of yourself. And so I really appreciate that. And I, I'd love to know, is there any parting kind of words of wisdom that you would share with Elevate Nation upon uh, leaving this journey today? Um, I will share, I love this quote, by, um, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. So always prepare, prepare for your financial future, prepare for your next week, prepare for your day. By failing to prepare, you're preparing to fail. Could not have said it better myself, Rachel. And this has been an absolute pleasure. Tell the listeners how they can stay engaged with you and connect with you further. Yeah, thanks, Tyler. So my both of my books, Money, Honey, and Passive Income, Aggressive Retirement, are on Amazon, um, ebook and paperback. Passive Income, Aggressive Retirement is on audiobook. And the audiobook for Money, Honey just came out today. So that is exciting. Um, and they can uh, follow me on social media by just searching Money, Honey, Rachel. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one other thing I wanted to make a mention of uh, is that Rachel does have a special offer for Elevate Nation. It's a free budgeting and savings worksheet, which we'll put a link in the show notes for uh, here after the show. 
And uh, I mean, there's been, there's been a ton of wisdom here. And so the biggest thing that I always remind you is to re-listen to the show. You got to replay the show. You've got to take notes and prepare, you know, as Rachel mentioned there, you know, failing to prepare is, is, is preparing to fail. And so you've got to take notes and you've got to infer what wisdom did you gain from this between the lines? You know, what did Rachel say that sparked an idea that then can germinate into something else? And so I encourage you to re-listen to the show, but most importantly, you've got to take massive action. And so how do you take massive action? You got to brainstorm, you got to prioritize what needs to come first. You know, you've got a million things on your paper, but something needs to come first. And so you need to look at that. When you figure that out, schedule it, put it into your calendar, find leverage, find someone else to help you, other tools, find someone like Rachel who can be a mentor for you. Also, you can dive into an accountability partner. Uh, You know, who else can hold you accountable for what you committed to do? course correct because you will make mistakes it is what it is you will fail that's okay that's giving you feedback for what you're looking to create and so uh, also if you're looking for more accountability partners I encourage you to look up Elevate Podcast Community on Facebook which is a group there where you can dive deeper and get that accountability that we're talking about but as far as it relates to this show share it with a friend you've got to teach this to someone else because the teacher learns the most so what I would encourage you to do is screenshot this tag Rachel, tag myself, tag the podcast and share it on your social media because that's really how you're really going to anchor in your own understanding and create those lasting results. So with that said, Rachel, thank you so, so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Tyler. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And Elevate Nation, we'll see you next time. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, a real estate investment firm formed by myself and my partner, Brian Flaherty where we invest in multifamily real estate communities across the Southeast United States. If you'd like to learn more about our approach, our mission, our acquisition criteria, and how you can learn more about future opportunities, visit cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit tylerchesser.com.